cold winds of winter are blowing, but that doesn't mean your green thumb has to wither away. On Garden Time this week, we talk about indoor plants and introduce you to a few old favorites and some of the new ones on the market, and the best ones for the beginning gardener. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. At Capital Subaru, we value your time, whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team. Everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. Today um, I'm wearing black because we're getting close to the middle of winter and or the beginning of winter and the days are dark but that doesn't mean you can stop gardening because we have tons of indoor plants to talk about today. We're with George here at Portland Nursery on Division, one of their two stores here in the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, thank you again to Capital Subaru in Salem for um, hosting this or sponsoring this. And a lot of people are hesitant about houseplants. So we're gonna talk about some of the unique, unique ones, but we're also gonna talk about the easy care ones as well. So uh, I'm gonna step aside and I'm gonna let uh, George, tell the crew about uh, some of the plants he's picked out today. Welcome, George. Hi there. So, like you said, we're going to talk about the easy ones. I think a lot of people get really nervous when they think houseplants. They think, am I going to be able to keep it alive? So there are some what we would call here at the nursery really easy ones to grow. Uh, probably some of the easiest ones are like the spider plant. Sorry, spider plants. Yep, right here. This little one here. Also known as the airplane plant because it puts out little airplanes and then you pick those off and give them as gifts to your friends. <laughs> and you know, I think that's one of, so, so many people's starter one because it's so much fun and then you can share it with all your friends. You know, you just make cuts, exactly. cuttings and things. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, because a lot of these plants <clears throat> will just start growing and then what do you do with all the pieces? Right. It's like your garden outside, you split up all your perennials and pass them off to your neighbors, but right. you can do the same with the house plants. And so with the spider plant, what kind of light does it take? Uh, spider plants like a medium to a bright uh, light in order to do really, really well. That's excellent. And th so. this one you have in a, in a hanging basket. Is it, can you do it in a, in a pot too, or does it need, need to be in a hanging basket? Or? You could do it in a pot, but if you do it in a pot, because of the nature and how it grows down, you would need to put it on an elevated stand, say like here to where it can hang over, right. or in a taller urn pot, so that again, so it can hang over. Otherwise, it's just gonna hang on the floor or yeah. just land on the table. Which is kind of a nice attribute to it, to have that trailing yes. hanging, because yeah. you know, yeah. so many of these can be upright that mm -hmm. it is nice to have something that yes. can be, be a little more hanging. What else you got? Well, some of my favorites, um, palms. Uh, a lot of people come and say, hey, I want a palm tree. Probably the easiest one to grow is this little parlor palm or Neanthabella palm. It grows grass-like, so if you look in the pot, you're gonna see a bunch of little starts that pop up at the base, and that's how it propagates. It gets thicker and thicker. The nice thing on this one, it has a wide light range, so it can grow from low light to high light. And so then, about how tall does that one get, though? So again, this one hits about 
in a pot about that tall, maybe about four feet about with three, the pot. Three, four feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, super, super easy. You can start them from a tiny little start or get larger ones. Now the ladyfinger palm, super easy to grow. The one trick to this one is keep it moist at all times. Do not let it dry out. Uh, it can grow, I've seen it grow in hotels going down hallways in hotels. So really low light, but again, keep it moist. This one will probably hit in an average household, maybe six feet tall. Um, it keeps throwing um, bases up kind of like bamboo does in a sense. Mm -hmm. So what's nice about that is if it, a palm will keep growing in height, you can never cut the top of it, so to speak. Otherwise, it just stops growing. But with this one, with it keep throwing, keep keeping its uh, action going by throwing up babies, you can take out larger canes and let the smaller ones grow to keep it shorter. But I have seen this one really tall, but in the house, probably about six feet, I would say, is the most. And this one here, the lady fingers, it refers to the leaves, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it's more like of a palm. traditional palm tree looking mm -hmm. yeah. kind, kind of. Palm. So basically you have two types of palms. You have what are called palmate palms that are like the palm of your hand, like the lady finger. And then you have a pinnate palm that has like a feather leaf. Okay. So feather, think of a bird and pinnate is, is how the, they're described. Excellent. Then if you want a large house plant, something that will get large down the road, um, the uh, natal mahogany right here, well, these will get probably 40 feet tall in nature, if not a lot taller than that. <laughs> but, I don't know if I have room for my house. But George. In, the house <laughs> in the house, the nice thing is this adapts to a wide range of light. So you can grow this in lower light to higher light. Just know when you grow things in lower light, the leaves as a general rule are smaller and sparse. Whereas in a higher light, they're more compact and thicker. And this one looks more like a shrub. I mean, it has like these kind of branches that come off. They're all green, but it has like leaves, um, alter, or, um, alternate leaves, opposite leaves coming off. Yeah, so, so it's very, it's yeah. a pretty habit. And this is actually the entire leaf. So oh, this is wow. what's, this is what's oh. called a compound leaf where okay. it has leaflets off the mm -hmm. leaf um, versus let's say a regular leafed plant, let's say this, that has one major leaf. Okay. So this is, this is a compound leaf. Um, and again, like she said, this one, this one is adaptable that you can cut it like a hedge. So what that means is in the house, you can pretty much keep this any size you want. Let's say you have an area that you want it to get six feet. You just keep pruning it at six feet. Let's say you have a giant house with an atrium and you want to let it get big. <laughs> you can do that. Very neat. That's the fun part. Um, let's switch over to hanging plants a little bit. Um, the philodendrons. Um, you've got a wide range of philodendrons to choose from, but one of the easiest is what we call the heart-shaped philodendron or the chordatum. This particular variety is called Brazil, a beautiful variegation in the leaves. It's really, really nice. Super, super easy to grow in my book. If someone's coming in and they said they have no houseplant experience <laughs> at all, this is the plant I put in their hand because it's so easy. It can adapt to very low light. It will get a little leggy, but the nice thing on a philodendron is it's a vine, so as it crawls down, you can literally just throw it and wrap it back up around <laughs> in order to thicken up the plant a little bit. Watering for this one, what I tell people is, let it just start to wilt. As soon as that starts to wilt, you know it's time to water. Take it over to the sink if you can, soak the heck out of it, get it nice and saturated, let it all drain off, then put it back. That way you're not gonna overwater this plant. 
Philodendrons and other plants are very easy to overwater, but in this case, this particular one, let it go slightly into wilt stage and then just water it and it'll spring right back up and out. And I noticed this one has kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a lime golden variegation yes. to it. Mm -hmm. You see lots of different types. Are there, are, do they all grow the same or do they have so different So in, in the chordatum styles, and they call them chordatums because they're heart shaped. The leaves are heart shaped. They come in green, they come in green gold. Uh, they are different varieties, okay. yes. And green sure. and whites and yes. you know, various yes. shades of the mm -hmm. leaves. Exactly. The Mycan philodendron that's very, very popular right now that has the velvety leaf is in the same type of family. Okay. And they would all have similar care? Yes. Mycan might be a little bit more touchy to grow. Okay. Not quite as easy. That's uh, when you graduate a little bit. Yes, that's yeah, when you graduate. <laughs> um, then another one that is very, very popular, Judy, I'm going to have you sure. hold it up, is the um, what's called Monstera deliciosa or the split leaf philodendron. These leaves are still babies. These leaves will get giant down the road. Um, but what's interesting, oops, sorry. What's interesting is you'll notice the split in the leaf that's going on here. As a baby, the leaf looks like this. So, so you'll come in and you'll say, no, so, no, no. So I it's want, a solid without the It's a solid, yeah, there's the no splits, whatever. And they'll say, no, 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 I want the split leaf philodendron. <laughs> I say, this is the same plant, it's just in its juvenile form. It hasn't started the splits yet. And then as it grows, they'll get um, larger and larger splits. And, so, and then if you'll notice in this leaf, you not only get the split on the edge, but you'll start getting what I call Swiss cheese holes in the center oh, of the yeah. leaf. Oh, yeah. So it gets really dramatic as it gets going. And then if you want to really go crazy. Those get, <laughs> get big though, don't they? Yeah, those like in get, Hawaii, they're so, going up the palm trees. Oh yeah, yeah, these are a vine. So they're, they're gonna just keep, keep growing. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to control it to keep it Yeah, you can, just, you can just cut it okay. and it'll rebranch. Yeah, okay. no problem at all. Um, it puts out, I don't know if you can see them. Oh, the roots. It puts out little air roots right here. And that's how they grow and cling onto the trees, onto the walls, things like that. Yeah. So that one there will get It'll just keep going. It'll just, just keep, keep going, yeah. yeah. Very cool. And like I say, if you want to really have a lot of fun, um, <laughs> <laughs> this one, this particular one is called Thai Constellation. This gets giant leaves too, but it has the speckled uh, variegations in the leaf. And it's a very sought after plant. You'll notice again, here's the juvenile leaf that's not split. And then as the leaf gets older and older, it starts to split. Now, the exciting part about this is not necessarily the plant itself, it's the price tag of the plant. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it was a little... Uh, yeah, so this little, this little guy... Not, not your entry-level price yeah, point. Yeah, it's not an entry-level <laughs> price point. This particular one's in a, what we call a six-inch pot and retails at $499.99. So, and that one but, will get as tall as the other one? Yeah, this one will, yeah. 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 We, have a, um, we have a tall one. If you ever come to the store, we have a, a large variegated uh, philodendron on our wall that's been here eons it's been a long time I mean, many, many more years. than 20 years yeah i've been here yeah, yeah i've been here 13 and it was here before yeah. i was here so yeah so these are really really fun ones <laughs> so you brought up a point um, i think that a lot of people should be aware of and that's the space and yes. knowing what space you have the conditions the light um, how much room because if you don't have room for a 16 foot plant <laughs> maybe you don't get the smaller one in the yeah pot. but remember a lot of your plants can be cut and kept smaller Okay, so that, that can really add to what you can have, but just make sure it's a plant that can ha that can happen with. Okay?
And George, say that I'm a new person and so I have this thought that I want a plant. You really have to look at that space. You can't just put anything anywhere. Correct. So two ways to look at that. If you really like the look of a plant, but you don't necessarily care for it being long lasting, let's say you want to treat that plant as a bouquet of flowers instead of a long term. So you can look at it that way. Mm -hmm. But do know that if you put a plant in its wrong environment, it's not going to thrive. And it may cause havoc to you because you think, what am I doing wrong? And a lot Mm -hmm. of it can be, and most of the time it's either lack of light or too much light, over water or way underwater. Those are the two major, those are the two major situations. And secondarily would be fertilizers and things like that. But the, the biggest one is, is light and watering. So the indoor plants are not that much different than an outdoor plant, like a tree or shrub or perennial, as far as knowing the right conditions to be planting it in as far as sunlights, Correct. things like that. So it's not like, and there's no more that any house plant can go anywhere in your house. You Correct. do need to, need to study and kind of know where your, your light situations are. Yeah, because if you think about this, every one of these house plants is an outdoor plant somewhere in the world. So. Right. And it's trying yeah. to replicate those conditions yeah. trying to replicate in, in, that. inside your house. Yeah. Exactly. Because some are understory in the rainforest, some mm-hmm. are big canopy, yeah. some are in the desert or whatever. So yeah, we don't think about that because we don't know where they're from. Yeah, right. like yeah. your anthurium, beautiful example. It's an right. understory plant. It wants to grow in the shade of other trees. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. What did so we you have a couple other little uh, hang- hangers down oh, on the bottom. Oh yeah, here. let's we'll talk about, about those. The hangers. So an easy to grow, another easy to grow hanger, if you have a little bit more light, would be the Hoya family. The Hoyas are, these are just two of the umpteen million varieties of Hoyas out there. <laughs> and very different looking. Yeah, look yeah. this is a heart shaper known as a sweetheart Hoya. You've got more of a string bean variegated Hoya here. Uh, you'll notice that they come out with, say a pink or a peachy color cast to them and then go to a more bright, um, bright variegation color. Uh, but really, really fun to do. The, one of the tricks on Hoyas is a good light, not direct hot sun, but a good light and even moisture. Don't go too wet on them, but don't let them go bone dry. You can let them go drier than wetter, but, but make sure that you, you do that. Otherwise, they will suffer. The, the enjoyment of Hoyas is the flowers. The flowers come, I, I describe them as shooting stars in an upside down parasol mm-hmm. that are hanging and you'll walk into a room and you'll go, oh my gosh, what is that fragrance? And then all of a sudden you realize your Hoya's in flower. Yeah. So Do all of the Hoya's bloom? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't know of any that don't. Okay. Um, some might be more spectacular than others right. and have more fragrance than others, but pretty, pretty easy to grow. Yeah. 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 Such a waxy looking leaf, so thick. Yes. You would think that it would be, you'd want it really dry, dry, but right. you don't. You don't. And yeah, the, it, it looks succulenty, but mm-hmm. it's not. Um, very common for some of your bigger leaf hoyas is they'll have a vine that crawls and this might stick out four feet before it has leaves on it. Oh, That's cool. how it's going to want to wrap around other things so that it can grow. Neat. You know, under, but even if you look at the comparison, even on this little guy, in proportion, the extension of the vine mm-hmm. itself is in proportion to the leaf size. Right. right. So oh, pretty, pretty fun. So is there anything that triggers the bloom? Is it, a, um, is it a light or is it uh, water? Uh, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. Sometimes you can force plants to do things by 
suppressing water, suppressing light, you know, forcing it, you know, giving it a little stress. Mm -hmm. But I don't know on these. I just, they just all How often do they, is it like a once a year kind of bloom? No, or? it's sporadic. Okay. It's, it's really, really sporadic on the Hoyas. So. You always I, have I, a Hoya flowering party. When yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a friend that has a beautiful one and every, every so often it just all of a sudden flowers, which it's is nice. really, really cool. Um, let's jump to snake plants. Ooh, Those oh, are fun. Which so, a lot of people know for different different ones. Yeah, a lot of people know because of the name. They, right. They, yeah. Uh, so snake plants. I brought out a couple that are not so common. Judy, if you want to grab a common oh, one sure. behind you mm -hmm. there. Um, so snake plants, um, super super easy to grow as long as you don't overwater them, and do not overpot them. They don't. They want a really really tight pot. In fact, if we repot for a customer here in the store. A lot of times, if it's a larger one, we will take and put green stretch tape around the plant to hold it together while we repot it so that it doesn't splay out because it needs that, uh, that tension in order to hold it. But these are all snake plants, all the Sansevieria family. Um, I love this one. This is a little grassy one and it just keeps throwing up little things and makes a bigger grass patch. Um, some of your snake plants will hit that tall. This one I've seen about that tall. I've had one in my yeah, office. Yeah, a couple, couple feet. Yeah, a couple feet. Yep. Four inches. And, and then the others will get up to about four feet or so. Correct, yes. And then you have your wider leafed ones, um, like the whale tail or whale fin, however you want to pronounce it. Um, these ones grow probably, I've seen them as much as maybe a foot and a half to two feet tall, but a lot of the, the leaves come out slightly horizontal or at an angle, but they have this beautiful wide uh, tail um, on it and then it goes to a point at one end and a point at the other end so they're really really intriguing the color patterns are stunning but very slow growing so I think they put up like one set of growth a year I mean wow. it's really really slow uh, but they're really fun the whale tails you'll find are a little more expensive than the standards um, because they're more sought after but now, now you talked a little bit about um, you know transplanting mm -hmm. um, when you know, I'm, all plants are growing growing differently. Correct. How, how do you know when your house plant is ready to be transplanted? Well, let's talk about the snake plant because okay. the snake plant's going to tell you actually. Um, if you'll notice this pot right here, um, I'm going to put it this direction is round. It's pretty much a perfect little cylinder. <laughs> you'll notice that this one isn't. <laughs> Okay. Well, it, start, it started out as a round pot. It started out as a round pot, but you'll notice <laughs> it's, bul it's bulging. These guys are strong enough to break clay pots. So I'm going to pull this out a little bit, but you can kind of see look at that. how the roots grow. Um, snake plants will put out a bulb below, but, but they're a traveling plant and they're going to push their way through. That's just what they do. Mm -hmm. And so I, I tell people, don't worry about repotting this person until it starts falling over or it busts its own bottom. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple, uh, because it'll start bulging pots and everything. So, um, <clears throat> but one thing to remember too, if you have to, if you have a plant that you know you're going to have to repot in the future, one little word of advice: when you go to buy a pot for that plant, make sure it's a pot that has straight sides up and down, or fluted out nothing recurved on itself because if you have to take that plant out you're gonna have to bust the pot in order to get the plant right. out yeah because sometimes so. you'll see those kind of those belly pots yeah, where they're, they're yep. wider in the middle and then it tapers down yes. 
at, at the opening. So exactly. when you try to get that out, it doesn't it, it, work so good. It's just good. not going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's, but, but snake plants, super easy to grow, super fun. So how did it get the name snake plant? Is it just on the, uh, the upright pointy part of the leaf? Um, I would say more. Uh, oh, the, the, this, this might be a better way. If you'll, it just looks like snakes coming up out of the, the ground. Meaning this one's whale tail form. But if you go with the traditional style, this is pretty traditional in its style, and it's just an upright um, plant that comes up. I want to say mother-in-law tongue yeah. is another name for it, but I'm not positive. Yeah. I liked my mother-in-law. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a detrimental yeah. Yeah. It is. It's <laughs> a bad name for and a you great said plant. Low to medium light. Low to medium right. light. You don't want to put this in a hot summer sun window. You'll burn it. Yeah. Okay. It just won't do well. It wants light, but it doesn't want um, lot. Blo um, blazing hot sun. Right. And let it dry out almost completely? I let them, yeah. So my, my plant, my, this plant here in my house, which is just an average house, I would probably water, if I'm lucky, I would water it once a month. Okay. 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 And in the wintertime, um, the wintertime, that might actually be once a winter. Oh. It just all depends. The bigger the pot, the less water it needs because those pots can hold water unlike say the smaller pot this one's ready to fall out of the pot as you can see it's it's ready right. to repot because it's it's falling out <clears throat> when you go to repot you want to make sure that you're only jumping about two inches greater in diameter um, in order to not over, what we call overpot. because what happens is you'll have a plant in a pot and let's say you put it in a six inch Pot, a pot that's six inch bigger in diameter than the old pot. And you'll be feeling around the edge of that pot and you're gonna go, oh, this plant's dry, I gotta water it again. But you don't realize that the center of the plant where the plant is growing is still soaking wet. And that's where a lot of people fail, unfortunately, is that they don't test that center ball and see what it's really, really like. That's really a good tip. Yeah. Very good. So those are the snake plant family. Um, this is aglaonemia or Chinese evergreen. Um, another easy one to grow. It likes uh, medium to low light. It likes to be really, really tight in its pot. So again, similar to the snake plant, I tell people don't worry about up potting this until it's starting to fall over or it's drying out so fast that you just can't keep it wet. Um, let me show you the well, I can't. It's, it's, it's rooted in there pretty good, <laughs> so I won't try to rip it out. Um, but that, this is a, a fairly simple one to grow also. One thing also to remember is whenever you take a plant home from a garden center and you've got bright light greenhouses going to your house, more than likely your house is less light than the greenhouse. So do not be surprised if you have leaf fall starting usually about three weeks after you take the plant home, you're gonna start seeing this plant shed its leaves. And because it's all it's doing is it's balancing itself out to the light that you're providing it so that it can support those leaves that are left. An easy way to tell if that's happening is those are usually lower leaves that are dying or inside leaves that are dying that are not getting the light. Okay, so don't be surprised when that happens. Um, we, we'll tell people you might have 50% leaf fall Oh, wow. Oh. When it goes home. It just depends on, on how much light you're giving it when it gets there.
I've seen that on citrus too, and people really freak out when they see leaves falling. <laughs> yes, right. citrus and, are real touchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so any kind of change at all, will that trigger that leaf fall? Um, like repotting? Repotting can trigger it. Um, if you do your ficus, like your weeping figs, just a cold blast taking it from here to your car to your house um, will defoliate the plant. A lot of people think it's dead, it's not. It's just defoliated. It will refoliate back out, but people think they've killed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of brings up another good point that you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, these temperature changes. You yes. know, as we're, you know, coming off of summertime or, you know, we have, you know, plants on our windowsills, mm -hmm. you know, that we're trying to get as much light. Do we need to be concerned about, you know, if it's up against the glass of a window going into winter months where it's, where it's much colder? Yes, you do. Because if that window is exposed to, let's say, cold or even sub-freezing temperatures, and this leaf is touching that window, it's just like you touching something super cold, your body doesn't like it, and it's gonna react to it, and it could either burn it, it could kill it, yes. Right, because as we, you'll look at, you know, we don't have as much sun in the winter, especially here in the, exactly. in the Northwest, where it seems to be a little grand and dreary yeah. for months on end, and we think we wanna move a lot of our plants to these brighter lights, we need to be careful about Correct. Get, getting them too close to that window. Correct, right. And I'm glad you brought that up because also a lot of misnomers out there is, okay, well, I've got a, a southern and a western exposure window set up, so I've got bright light in that room. Every foot you take that plant away from that window, the light starts diving. So by placing it across the room, you think you might be in high light, good chance you're not. not. <laughs> it's so true because we don't pay attention to that no. at all. So that's really, it really helps because that's probably the main thing about herding plants or not their survival is the light. Yeah, like light, light and watering. Yeah, light Those and are water. the, the two, the two majors. On the Chinese evergreen, this uh -huh. one is kind of light and dark green, but yes. are there other varieties? Oh yes. Uh, if you want to talk for a moment, I'll go grab a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, you know what? Let's take a break, okay. and when we come back, we'll talk about a few more of the plants that Excellent. we have pulled out on the table. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else in Oregon. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. And welcome back to Garden Time. We're here at Portland Nursery on Division Street in Portland, Oregon. And we're talking houseplants with George. And um, first of all, if you live in the Portland area or anywhere around Northern Oregon, Southwest Washington, you gotta come here because they have such an ass assortment of indoor plants. We had a hard time picking a spot with a beautiful background because there's so many of them here. Um, and when we left, George ran to get some more plants to kind of showcase <laughs> because there are so many of them here. So I'm gonna let you guys go to work. Uh, we have a whole table full of uh, plants yet to cover. Mm -hmm. and we have some uh, products that you may want to try as well. So take it away, guys. <laughs> so when we left, we were showing you the um, aglaonemias, and 
Judy says, don't they come in other colors? Yes, they do. <laughs> and these aren't all the colors. Right. So this is just one of your basics here, um, but you'll see that this one here carries a more silver tone in the center of the leaf, a uh, little wider shaped leaf, a little stubbier. Um, and then the base, if you look at the, the stems, on the first one I showed you, it's just a standard green, but on this one, it's more of a white, just really, yeah. really pretty. And then you can get into even more heavier variegation. So again, the white stems on the leaves, longer uh, leaf stem, then you get a really super heavy variegation on the top of greens and whites and silvers. Just really, really pretty as they get growing. There are varieties out there that have pink tones and the more light you give them, not hot sun, but the more light you give them brings out those pink tones a lot. So, so these are just some of the different varieties within the same category of plant. So really, really fun. Yeah, we, we were talking up, you know, during the break there, kind of about the watering requirements mm -hmm. of these. And, you know, these like to run, they run like, dry. These like to watering. run dry, definitely. Um, you really want to, again, we're not talking bone dry, but we're talking on the drier side where it's, you know, really, really dry. <laughs> so one way to tell is if you took any of these plants home, these pots are not heavy. The, the, the actual container that it's in, it's a plastic pot, it's not heavy. So when you soak this plant and let it drain, you're gonna have a heavier weight to that pot. How you tell when it's time to water is just lift the pot back up and if it's <laughs> considerably lighter, good indication it's getting time to water. Obviously, if the top is wilting, we might have gone way too long. But again, just, just doing a, a weight test a lot of times can help uh, determine when it's time to water. And every house is different. Every house has more sunlight, more heat, uh, less, less humidity. Those are all factors on how fast these pots dry out. And some plants require more water, so they're gonna dry out faster also. So just take it into consideration. You really have to check each plant. Um, you might check them weekly at first just to see how they're going. You're gonna get into a rhythm with your house plants that you kind of know when it's time that, that they're gonna need watering. Um, probably less water in the winter time than in the summertime. Uh, summertime with the drier air, warmer temperatures, they dry out quicker. So most likely gonna need more water by that time. You mentioned something about variegation too in that uh -huh. sunlight will sometimes trigger that variegation or make it more prominent. So Correct. the pink that shows up in new growth and the, the uh, bright variegation, a lot of times that needs a little bit more sunlight as well. Sun, yes, sunlight sensitive. But again, not necessarily direct sun. Right. So keep that in mind. You know, coming back to watering, you know, I think I've seen some people uh, kind of make the mistake where they'll, they won't necessarily check the plant and they just keep adding a little bit of water just to kind of top it off a little bit. You know? Yeah. They either uh, have a little splash. That's oh, a little dry on top. I want to keep that moist all the time. Correct. You know? um, that's a big challenge because if you, if you think you can just throw a little bit of water on top, what's really happening in this pot is the top roots have water, but the bottom has no water whatsoever. So it's really prominent in the cactus family that if you have a large cactus and all of a sudden it just falls over, good chance you didn't thoroughly water it. You just watered the top thinking, oh, cactus don't like a lot of water. You just put a little on top. But no, you gotta thoroughly soak that root ball so all of those roots can stay alive with that water that you're giving it. That's a, that's a good tip to remember to, yeah. for the watering. All right. Well, so now we can grab those and then we on. Move, move on. We got a, a 
few other goodies on the on yeah. The let's plate here. let's talk some flowering house plants. Some of the easier flowering house plants. Um, this is the Anthurium. Um, has a beautiful waxy heart shaped flower uh, heart shaped flower on it. Um, medium light, I would say, and but evenly moist on this one. Don't soak it. Don't dry it out. Meaning soak it when you water it, but don't let it just sit in water. Um, and let that go. I'm going to back up for one second. Sure. When we were talking water, another thing that we have to remember, drainage. Oh, sure. Right. So a lot mm -hmm. of people will have a pot and they think, okay, this is on a pretty table. I don't want the water to go everywhere. So they put it in a pot that has no drainage whatsoever. And what happens is that water sours, it rots the roots, it kills the plant that way. Yeah. So make sure that your pots have drainage. Um, if you have a beautiful pot that doesn't have a hole in it and you don't want to put a hole in it, use that pot as what we call a cover pot and then take this pot and set it inside so that you can take it out maybe to the sink, water it, let it drain thoroughly, bring it back. Just make sure it's not sitting in water in the bottom of that pot or even in a saucer. A lot of saucers will be come up around the edge of the pot and if the pot sits on the floor of that saucer, a lot of times that can sit in too much water also. So that can be a challenge. Yeah. Now back to the flower. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna make sure we covered right. that. No, no I think good, good, really good information. Thank you for remembering. Mm -hmm. um, anthuriums come in a multitude of colors. Uh, most common would be white, pink, or red. Striking, striking flowers. Um, from tiny little flowers to big, large flowers. Um, they also have ones that don't flower at all as a, as a general rule, meaning it flowers, but it's just not noticeable like this, but they're grown for their leaves. But just a really, really fun plant to grow. Is, is there a flowering season to these or are they kind of, you know, it's, um, it's always kind of reminds me of wintertime, especially of you know, this bright red right. coming no. into the holiday seasons, but <laughs> as it's happy, get, it's going to keep throwing throughout, flowers. throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, that's beautiful. The other yeah. one is the um, Moanaloa Peace Lily. This one is a high water plant. So this one you're gonna to need to keep wet. But this is probably one of the lowest light flowering house plants that you can have. It's got this beautiful, it's also known as a white flag because it has a beautiful flower that comes up in kind of a snake form, maybe a cobra form if you wanna call it that, um, and flowers with this beautiful white flower. There are a couple varieties. This is the standard variety. There's another one called Sensation that has big, thick leaves, huge flowers, just gorgeous. Um, but one of the easiest to grow. Um, keep it evenly moist, fertilize it regularly. Um, watch the pot size because this will grow out of its pot pretty quick. And because this one requires so much water, if it doesn't have the soil volume to hold that water, it's gonna dry out fast. If you walk in one day, <coughs> excuse me, and Let's say this plant is splayed out flat because you forgot to water it. It's the leaves have literally fallen <laughs> to the ground. It's still alive, but Guilty. it's fallen to the ground. <laughs> yep. What you do, don't panic. <clears throat> It'll take a, don't panic. <laughs> take it over to the sink, soak it. If the root ball got so dry that it's pulled away from the sides of the pot, you may have to soak it in a bucket but just you know, soak it maybe 20 minutes, get it nice and wet again. But instead of making that plant raise itself up on its own, take the plant, put all the leaves in a nice uh, fashion folded upward, 
lay the plant on its side. Oh, oh, great idea. That way it takes less strength for the plant to rehydrate all of those leaves, give it a few hours. Once that's happening, then you can stand the plant back up and that will, that will work with this one. Interesting, that's a, that's that a good tip. That is a great tip. This one also is, if you wanna have a little fun with your house plant. <laughs> um, I've seen these where they have those vase pots. They're a glass oh, terrarium pot <laughs> that has a large vase on the base, and then it goes to a neck and then opens back up. Well, they'll take these, you'll take the plant out of the pot like that, and you'll wash every bit of soil off of this. And then you can maybe take a saucer and slice it, just something for support, but then let this basically hang in the pot of water, in the vase of water, and grow out of that. And then I've seen some people put little fish down inside it like a beta oh, wow. uh, or things like that. But this is the plant that they use for that. Um, a lot of people will grow these in their aquarium environments also. They'll put them either totally submerged um, or they will grow them as a marginal plant in maybe a terrestrial and aquatic aquarium set setup. Wow. So you, a lot of fun with this one. It's just a really versatile one. And I love the glossy green oh, foliage. Yeah, beautiful, yes. That, that oh, you know, right. Spe speaking of foliage, mm -hmm. these have... And fun foliage. And fun foliage, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, this is the Maranta or prayer plant. Again, a lot of varieties. I love this particular one because of the dark red veining in the leaf. So you've got these beautiful big bold leaves with dark greens, light greens, all mixed in. And then you have these spines of red that, that radiate out from the center stem of the leaf. Just really, really dramatic. And the underside of the leaf. Even. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, underside yeah. of the leaf. Lush, yeah, that's right. so pretty. Um, this is known as the prayer plant because at night the plant folds up. Okay, so these leaves will actually go to this form at nighttime. Interesting. Okay, that's why it's called the prayer plant. It will also put out a spike of flowers that not super impressive, but fun. Um, <laughs> here's a spent one. Uh, I don't know if you can it's see it. Dried. Yeah. But uh, here's another one coming out right here. And they'll just have this, these little light, kind of pale, if I remember right there, lavender mm -hmm. white flowers. Just real simple flowers that come out. So it just gives you a fun uh, plant. Trick to this one, again, medium to low light. Don't overwater this one. Let it go on the drier side. If you let it go too dry, don't worry. Just soak it, water it. You may lose leaves in the center, but this one grows so rapidly, it'll replace those leaves pretty darn quick. So I've seen this. Um, if you do an indoor uh, plantscape, I've seen this grown as a ground cover. Oh, neat. Mm -hmm. It's a real fun one. So a question, um, we were hearing the fans kick on and uh -huh. off. We're in a heated greenhouse. Yes. How much does heat influence the indoor plants? I mean, we've taken them outside, a lot of them outside during the summer. We've brought them back in. Is there a certain temperature we have to maintain yes. on as a, as a general rule? Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't like the greenhouse to drop below 65 degrees. Okay. Um, when we lose power once in a while, it might go a little below that. but we do not like it to go below 65 because you'll start getting damaged because these are tropical plants. Right. These are outdoor plants in warmer environments, maybe down by the equator or down by you know Southern California as an example, that's gonna have a higher heat that they can grow outside year round. So yes, heat is very, very important. 
So if you go on vacation, make sure that you have somebody <laughs> checking on your plants. Yes, make sure they're checking the water, the light. Don't close the drapes <laughs> just because you're leaving, unless you have auxiliary lighting, because you'll come back to plants that are saying, hey, where's the light? Right. <laughs> you know, but, that does bring up a good point about, about lighting. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked mm -hmm. a lot about, about bringing, bringing plants to the light in the wintertime, yes. because we don't have as much, you know, when it's dark. There are supplemental lighting that you can yes. that you can use. So. Yes, a lot of people will. If if you really 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 want to plant in a certain area, but you just don't have the right lighting, lots of options for lighting from you know just a, a can light to a pendant light to say a fluorescent tube light. Lots of different options that you and have. There's a lot now that they're even decorative. You know, it used oh, to yeah. be, used to oh, be yeah. kind of like a big industrial yeah, shop no, light no, looking no. thing, but yeah. there's a lot you can do now yeah. that are oh, cool. you know, yeah, put, some you know, bulbs for your lamps and things like that. that and what's know. also cool about that is you can take a fixture that you love. Let's say you go to a store and you find a beautiful fixture, preferably aiming down. You can replace those bulbs with grow lights. And then right. so you can have a decorative fixture also if you want and convert it to a plant grow light. Very yes. cool. You know, so you're talking, you know, oh, that because Judy's got there, but plants that can run a little on the drier side. You yes. know, we talked about mm -hmm. that. I think Judy's got one there. And then we got another one over here. Yes. The, the mm -hmm. aloe, right? Yeah, so, so talking about easy plants, all yeah. three of these really. Yeah. yeah, so the rhyme is this is the easy easy. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> So I so I'll try to pronounce the name. It's ZZ plant, literally Z Z. Zamzacalcus, Zamafolia. So little tongue twister. Um, so this is the one everyone knew about when we when we started yeah, here. Yeah, right. Just Fun, glossy, dark green. Beautiful. Yep. I was told that you water it four times a year. I haven't tried that, <laughs> but I know it doesn't require a lot of water, and you can kill it really easily by overwatering it. But now we have the Black Raven, cool. which is a, a darker leafed version, as you can see the difference. Um, the leaves come out green, and then they go to dark. So don't think the plant's all of a sudden reverting to something because it's changing. And then um, there are some variegated forms also. So really, really fun plant. These will get large. So this particular one here, uh, the regular green one, I've seen in a house that it probably was sprawling four feet. Wow. So each of the leaves coming out, because the whole plant. Wow. May, uh, Six feet? Six feet wide. Yeah, wow. maybe, maybe five feet. Still. But in fact, the, the person was going, how do I reduce the size of this? <laughs> start <laughs> said, over. Cut it, start it over. Yeah. Um, we can talk propagating too, but, um, but yeah, this, this is another easy one if you don't overwater it. Right. A great office plant because some yes. people want it for their offices right. they're only there four or five days a week and so this can take that neglect over mm -hmm. the weekend or whatever so really a good one for office yeah. desk or credenza unlike this one right, right. exactly for the weekend you might come back and it's right. flat <laughs> and then what about the aloe this, the aloe is another okay. one that's yeah. good take take the uh yeah so the aloe is mm -hmm. a succulent um this is the medicinal aloe so this is the one that people use for cuts and burns and things like that um, the aloe will get fairly large, but what it will also do is put out all of these little babies along the edge. So as it throws its roots out in the pot, it will start throwing babies out. And again, that kind of tells you when it's time to repot, is when this pot starts to di distort <laughs> because it's getting so tight. If you're going to use this one for medicinal, right. let's say you burn your hand somehow. 
basically just take it, pinch it off, and just squeeze it and rub it all over the burn. Great for that. Yeah, because it's just, you know, these blades are very lush and- Yeah, they're full they're of- They're filled. They're filled with kind down. of a jelly, yeah. a jelly- Very fleshy. Very, very fleshy. Uh, very easy to fall over. <laughs> but again, this is a prime example of a plant that people think that, oh, I'm just going to put a little bit of water in it because it's a succulent. And yes, it's holding all of this moisture in the leaves. And yes, it doesn't take a lot of water. But when it's time to water, we're going to soak this thing and make sure it's thoroughly wet. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. That's going to absorb and rehydrate yes. with a lot of water. Yep. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that they don't water their aloes until the leaves start to shrivel just a little bit because then they know it's time so that they don't overwater it. Very cool. Because that, that's a pretty common practice with a lot of the succulents is, yes. is overwatering. Yeah. And this one in the greenhouse here, we have to put it in a semi-shady area because it will get too much light. Um, if you ever go and you look at a regular aloe and it's pink, it's getting too much light. That, that's the indicator that it's getting way, it's like a sunburn in a yeah, sense, it's right. but it's getting way too much light. Yeah, because okay. you think it's a desert plant out in the right. open. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. nope. Yep. Okay. So now mo moving on, you know, <laughs> so we have, have house plants, but there's no pot and there's no soil. Let's <laughs> say you, you don't want to, you don't want to have, yeah, you don't want to soil or pot. We get into what we call the air plants and these that's are the so air cool. plant Look varieties. So you can have a lot of fun with them. I think this one's hanging Is on it? by a thread, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Look at the diverse texture, yeah. though. It's so cool. Yeah. Now, this isn't part of the plant. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a little, a little anemone. It's yeah. Like, yeah. We it's taking the air yeah, plant. It, you can yeah. put these in lots of things. A lot of people will grow these. They'll take like a chicken wire frame, mm -hmm. and they'll just poke them in there. And then they'll create their own mosaic with them. So a lot of fun. Um, if you do come to the nursery and you see like the pink one here, please know that's spray painted. It's not, it's natural color. But one thing, yeah, and here's a glass terrarium. Again, you don't want to have these soaking in water. So don't water it in here. You're going to have to take them out and water them. About once or twice a week, depending on the type of Tillandsia it is, you're going to take these over and soak them in like say a bowl of water. And then you're gonna, when you're done, let's say 20 minutes, you're gonna bring it by so that, and you're gonna set it to where the plant can drain itself, okay? And because like in the center of some of these, it's yeah. like a big vase that'll yes. hold yes. the water. It. Yeah. As my biology teacher always says, structure implies function. <laughs> so in this case, yes, it's gonna hold water because when the natural rains hit it, right. that's how it holds its water. Right, you see, it, you know, looking at the bottom of yeah. this. You know, it's solid down here, so yeah. it holds it in that. Yeah, that's what it's going to do. One thing also, customers come in and say, hey, I'm just having a really hard time with my Tillandsias. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not watering it enough because they're just breaking apart and they're, they're falling apart. No, more than likely you're not giving it enough light. So okay. they actually do require a medium light to do really, really well so that they, they can survive. Now, so, now you talked about you know soaking them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard a lot of people that will like mist them yes. with a little mister. You that, can do both. Oh. Um, now, please note there's a different types of tillandsias. There's one that um, that have smooth leaves, and then there's one that has little like, tubercles or something on the leaves. They have slightly different watering um, things. So just make sure you study on the type that you have um, and and look at that. Okay, because there's no roots. 
Correct. on these. So it's absorbing the water through Correct. the foliage. Yeah, if you look at these, I mean, yes, they probably eventually put out some roots, some form to cling on to. Um, but yeah, they're, they're basically just a, a, a little piece growing. Okay. So, you know, so now that we have kind of, you know, all of this kind of rundown of all of the different, different types of house plants, there's some basic care and some mm -hmm. basic things that we can use that we should probably keep in our house to take care of yes. our purchases. Yes. So let's move over to the table over here and kind of look at what we have here as far as, you know, supplies we might need um, to take care of. Yeah, so these, this is your, your basic, meaning you're not going to need every one of these. It's going to depend on what you're growing. But your, your, your number one base is your soil. Okay. Uh, healthy roots, happy plant. Common, Just like outdoors. Thing. Just Same like thing. outdoors, yes. So as an example, <clears throat> you might get like an all-purpose houseplant food or houseplant uh, soil. Okay. And this is going to cover the majority of houseplants that you have. Um, you can also then go into, let's say you're an African violet enthusiast. Um, they have specific requirements. They need really airy soil. So you're going to have a, a soil that's mixed okay. specifically for African violets. And then I, I also brought over some cactus and succulent mix that may have more sand and heavier drainage so that the water races through a lot quicker. It, it, it holds its moisture, but it also releases the excess moisture. We talked earlier too about when you bring your plants in, you should be taking off a little bit of that topsoil because of uh, insect eggs and stuff. And so using new soil as opposed to soil from your garden is, is a must. That is correct, yes. Um, you have to be a little careful, make sure that it doesn't have sensitive roots on top, say a gardenia. Oh, sure. Okay. So you don't want to disturb the roots too much, but in a lot of cases that is 100% correct. Um, I have also heard if you ever get fungus gnats, that they grow in that top section of soil, that if you remove that top inch, you're removing a lot of the larva, so it takes the, the issue way down. Okay, so um, soil is always, always a key to make yes. sure you know which type of house plant you have and have the right, right soil. Correct. And then there's a couple other key things that you yeah, have in here. Your number two thing is your plant food. Okay. You want to make sure that you're fertilizing your plants because as I have told many <laughs> customers, I like to eat, so do my plants. You like to eat, so do your plants. Just remember that. So if you say, um, oh, we don't need house plant food, you might be surprised right. <laughs> what happens and how lush they get when you actually fertilize them. Always follow the directions on a houseplant food. Um, some of them are you fertilize maybe once a month. Some of them are what we call continuous feed where you fertilize every time you water. It just all depends on what you use. Um, I brought over a couple all -pur I brought over an all-purpose here that you mix a scoop in a gallon of water. Uh, I brought a cactus food. Cactus are specific that they don't like a lot of nitrogen. So when you fertilize them, if you fertilize them with a high nitrogen food, they're not going to be happy. They might, you might not even do well with them. Okay. And then I brought an orchid food. Orchids have specific needs um, because they, again, are similar to a Tillandsia in that they're going to be growing in like orchid bark in as most cases or in you know, if they're out in nature, they're in crotches of trees and things like that. So that water drains right off. So you'll see orchids growing in orchid bark, uh, a few terrestrial orchids, but mostly in orchid bark. But they also need a specific fertilizer here that is cognizant of that so that it doesn't burn the roots. Okay, we want to make sure we don't burn the roots. And then, especially going from outside to inside, let's say you grow your houseplants outside in a 
in a summer patio as an example and now it's time to bring them in before it gets too cold you probably want to do a couple preventative things with insects so um, some of the easiest ones and again you need to watch your plants for this um, as an example insecticidal soap it's a great base to just clean things up it's a, it's a very mild soap that <clears throat> basically for like aphids and things like that it's wonderful for and it essentially smothers the eggs correct in the larva um, on this one the soap the soap portion of it what it does it's um, it goes in so as an aphid is basically a bag of water so when you spray it with a soap and it dries out it cracks the skin so it, the, the the insect doesn't survive the neem oil yes is more of a smotherant what we would call a smotherant especially on eggs um, so because the eggs themselves breathe and so when you use an oil and you coat it with an oil um, say neem that's how it's going to um, work very very safe to use right. that's the nice thing is, is it one of those that you want to do as a preventative say every once a month or something or do you want to only use it if you start mm -hmm. seeing seeing a problem good question <laughs> <laughs> i would say going from outside to inside i would do a present preventative okay. um just to be safe coming in sure. so that you don't let's say if you have a collection of house plants that don't go outside oh, right. you don't want to transfer right. stuff don't want to introduce something from um but i would constantly be scouting your plants and if you see a problem try to isolate the plant first and then take care of it I think that's the best tip because sometimes we're we're in a hurry, we're watering really fast, and so you're not noticing. So really, you should look at your plants more often just to kind of prevent something from yes. getting blown right. out. Yes. A, a problem being blown out. Right. So some of your some of your insects are really stubborn. <laughs> Mealybug is an example. Scale, right. Scale. is an example, yeah. and those are <clears throat> insects that will suck on the plant, and the only way sometimes to kill them is through what we call systemic treatments that's where you would take like this product and you work it into the soil water it in then the plant takes it up through the roots out to the plant so that when the insect bites it that's how it takes the insecticide in and you brought up so talking about the plants talking about some of these products you brought up toxicity mm -hmm. and a lot of people have plants they have small children mm -hmm. what kind of uh, recommendations would you make about materials and about plants and how people can be safe so number one is read the label. Always, always, always read the label and find out what the label requirements say for that product. Um, in some instances, spraying in place is gonna be fine. Let's say with a safer soap or something like that. But on something that's a little stronger, you might need to isolate the plant to a, a tent uh, in the house or something or a garage or somewhere where it's isolated so that you're not breathing whatever sure. you're doing with that or you're not getting it on your skin you know i would say always as a precaution wear gloves oh it's yeah. just a just a, a great precaution wear long sleeve shirts um, just as a precaution and what about you know like the house plants themselves you know you hear like with pets mm -hmm. you know like you know it's winter time now and a lot of people have poinsettias in their house and they talk about oh the, my cat's gonna eat my poinsettia and die you know what what do we need <laughs> to know about like so plant plants in general and and toxicity to to animals and knowing and how what, yeah how so to that. answer your or to, <laughs> i doubt your 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 cat's gonna die when he eats a poinsettia right. I, I really doubt that <laughs> so toxicity means this it toxicity does not mean you eat it you die it can but it doesn't mean that toxicity means 
will the animal react in a negative way? Will it get an upset stomach? Will it vomit? Will it cause vision issues? Will it kill the, the animal? That's what we need to know. There are some great resources on plant, uh, houseplant toxicity or just plant toxicity in general. Uh, the ASPCA has a wonderful uh, toxic houseplant list. I really recommend people go to that if they have any questions whatsoever because they have a really, really exhaustive list that is both botanical and common name. So it's, it's pretty easy to find the information that you want. You know, I think we learned so much today. And so I know that for the local people to come to either of your stores and you have amazing displays, plus very knowledgeable people to have help um, all the time when you're open. Thank you. Yeah. You know, there, is, there is really is a plant for every situation you can find, find in your house. So. And uh, we want to thank Portland Nursery. George, thank you thank so you. much. Um, Portland Nursery, we've been to many, many times. If you go to the gardentime.tv website, You'll be able to go to our archive and look, look up a lot of those stories that we've done in the past, not just on indoor plants, but on mm -hmm. outdoor plants and bonsai, bonsai as well. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. George is an expert on bonsai. Um, but if you have any more questions, feel free to contact either of the Portland Nursery locations. They also have some great help sheets on their website. You go to portlandnursery.com. You go to gardentime.tv. You can find links to um, a lot of these plants. I'll try to have the video up with names on it. Um, so that everybody can see it, so you can go back. But really, if you're going to go shop for uh, indoor plants, finding an expert is the, the key, right? And yeah, we have a lot of them on staff. Excellent. <laughs> and, and bring your conditions, where you're going to put these plants. Know beforehand, it's, it's kind of like uh, your outdoor plants. Know where the sunlight's going to be coming in. And um, Yeah, we're willing to talk with you, you know, give you all the information you want. Um, if you want to just come in with a set of earbuds on and just have a great time, <laughs> especially in the dead of winter when yeah. it's nice and warm and cozy in here. We understand that right. too. And, so it's, and we've shown garden. some large yeah. plants, but they have some here that are just in two inch pots. Right. I mean, small. little small ones. So you could start small and as it gets bigger, it's like a regular garden. You just replace it with a your new favorite <laughs> right. plant. Yes. George, thank you so much. Yeah, My pleasure. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast and happy gardening. Capital Subaru, we value your time. Whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team, everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.